Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, the show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang. Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and we're broadcasting just outside of Washington, D.C. today. We are delving into the fascinating world of genealogy, a subject that... I love, and I know our audience does as well. This is all part of family history. It's all part of our Backstory Family History interview series. And we have a special returning guest today who is sure to ignite your passion for uncovering your own ancestral stories and the incredible resources available at newspapers.com. Our guest is returning fan audience favorite, Jenny Ashcraft. She is a true family history enthusiast. She's also a genealogist herself. She's a researcher, and her love for the written world shines through her work. Jenny finds immense joy in helping others discover their family histories, whether it's immersing herself in the dusty archives of genealogy, or it's deciphering manuscripts, or it's uncovering hidden gems in the pages of historic newspapers. Jenny Ashcraft does it all. As the renowned author Alex Haley penned in Roots, the saga of the American family, I thought he put it so well when he said, in all of us, there is a hunger, marrow deep, to know our heritage, to know who we are and where we come from. Without this enriching knowledge, there is a hollow yearning. I think Jenny Ashcraft really provides so much in the way of depth and analysis and research. We're going to be talking to her today about all that genealogy offers, which is more than just historical insights. It provides profound psychological benefits, especially for older adults. It satisfies basic needs like acceptance and friendship. It fulfills ego needs such as achievement and status, and it contributes to self-actualization. I think these are all parts of what genealogy can do for all of us, for our older adult audience here on the Not Old Better show. Tracing your roots can lead to a sense of accomplishment. It does for me. It gives me a connection to my family legacy, this understanding of my own worth within the context of all of my ancestors' lives. And I know it will do the same for you. It also helps with the acceptance of the concept of death and mortality, which is a crucial aspect of our journey through this life. Moreover, older individuals who pay attention to their family health history are better equipped to manage their well-being and contribute positively to the health of future generations. Our show today is packed with insights into genealogy. Jenny Ashcraft just does it all. She will be providing valuable resources from newspapers.com, all of the interesting technology and innovation, along with some amazing family history stories, family research, and much, much more. So please join me in welcoming our returning guest, a real audience favorite. She's just such a warm, genuine person, the esteemed genealogist, Jenny Ashcraft. Jenny Ashcraft, it is so great to talk to you always. You are um, one of my favorite people, and certainly our audience responds always. We're going to talk about newspapers, newspapers newspapers.com. We're going to talk about this really cool subject, the year without a summer. I'm excited to catch up with you. 
I know you've had a good summer, and I hope everybody is all well, you know, with your with your family, with you and yours. And uh, my gosh, I just wish you the best here at uh, kind of the the final few months of the summer. Thanks so much, Paul. It's so great to be back and um, kind of preparing to move into the fall and get motivated again and get back <laughs> to business. But it's it's great to be here. Well, good. Well, thank you. And as always, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, you're such a you're such a favorite, and uh, we will just have a wonderful conversation. Let Let's kick this off and talk about newspapers because newspapers for me, for my audience. Oh my gosh, such a part of my life. I was a newspaper delivery boy. I had a route as a young boy. So newspapers are important to me. But they also really serve as this this lens, a very valuable lens to explore and understand social history. And I wonder if you just give us a sense, a broad perspective on how how you look at that, how you see newspapers being this important part of who we are, but also gives us this sense as to what social history is all about. Well, first of all, Paul, I love that you were a newspaper delivery boy. That That is awesome. But, you know, I love newspapers. Searching through newspapers is is a little bit like stepping into a time machine. Um, you and I grew up at a time when newspapers were really one of the primary sources for us to receive the news and figure out what was going on in the world. Um, newspapers recorded history as it happened. And now those historical newspapers are an amazing resource to step back in time and explore history, both social history and your own family history. Uh, Newspapers.com is the largest online newspaper archive with nearly 900 million pages of digitized newspapers dating back to 1690. So no matter what you're interested in, you can go to the newspapers.com homepage, and in seconds, you can search through the entire collection using keywords or names, and you can narrow down your results by location and date. Fascinating. I just, I just think of this number, 900 million pages, and I'll just I'll personalize this just slightly. So my route as a young newspaper boy, I think I had about 70, maybe 80 subscribers on my route. I worked uh, as a newspaper delivery boy for the within the McClatchy newspaper system in, in in Northern California. Each newspaper of the day had about three or four sections: a sports section, a life section, a main news section, comics kind of section. And I think the total newspaper was probably twenty five pages. And we're talking nine hundred million pages of digitized newspapers dating back to sixteen ninety. It's really just an incredible number. And you look at all that that covers, all of the stories that were in those 900 million pages, it does represent history in in a very effective way. And I want to talk about an event, and I, I referenced this in, in just our, our introduction with, with each other. You pulled this incredible event and shared with me, and I, I have done a little bit of research, and I want to hear your take on it, but it's called The Year Without a Summer. It took place in uh, 1816, 1815, all of those kind of years, way back when. But it's been reported on in newspapers, yet I really didn't know much about it. So maybe give us a, a little bit of background on The Year Without a Summer and why that was such a big historical event, because it's just a fascinating time. 
It is a fascinating time. Uh, so what happened is in 1815, a volcano known as Mount Tambora erupted, and it was a massive explosion on the island of Sumbawa, which is uh, in present-day Indonesia now. This was the largest volcanic eruption in recorded history. The entire top of the mountain just exploded and was obliterated, and 36 cubic miles of ash and pumice and rock and sulfur dioxide were expelled into the atmosphere. So with all of that material in the atmosphere, sunlight had a difficult time penetrating through the debris to warm the earth. And, and high up in the air, the sulfur dioxide reacted with the water vapor to form sulfite aerosols, which floated above the rain and could not be washed away. And it, it took months for the news of this volcano to reach the rest of the world. So in November 1815, and this is nearly seven months after the eruption, the first mention I could find of this event it, in our archive was a British paper, and they printed a letter from a merchant who lived in present-day Jakarta. And, and this is 800 miles away from the island of Sumbawa. So just to give that a little perspective, he's still quite a bit, there's quite a bit of distance between Jakarta and Sumbawa. And he sent a letter that was printed in a British paper. And I'd like to read you just a few of the Please. excerpts yes. from, from this letter. It's dated May 29th, 1815. And I'm editing this just a little bit for brevity, but he said, we have had one of the most tremendous eruptions of the mountain Tambora. We heard the explosions distinctly and we had seen ashes. It was totally dark at noon. Three fathoms of water covered some of the villages. For many miles around the island of Sumbama, tree trunks and pumice stones filled the waters as to impede the progress of ships. Unbelievable. We, we live in a time when news is just, it's at our fingertips, it's instant, everything we do really revolves around it. A climatic event today is something that we are well aware of, and we have all been part of these climatic events, especially this summer, whether they've been wildfires or massive storms or the um, changes in temperature and how that's uh, impacting us. You think about what it took for the news to reach the United States, and I think you—I think the number you said was seven months before. Is that right? Seven months? Well, almost seven months to hit Europe, but it took almost a year for the news to reach the United States. It uh, in February 1816 was the first time I could find this this huge event mentioned in the newspapers. It was an article in the New York Evening Post, and it mentioned the eruption. But within just a few months, papers all across the country were reporting on Mount Tambora. But about that same time, another thing started showing up in the papers. And there I started to see articles, um, papers reporting an unusual haze in the air. In May 1816, a Pennsylvania paper reported the whole atmosphere is filled with a thick haze and clouds of dust float in the air. Well, at the time, people had not linked these two events. 
it was spring planting season was approaching and people were anxious for cool weather to end. But sadly that year it never did. Amazing. I read too that the year without a summer was an agricultural disaster. And when we look around us today and we, we see the devastation that that's happened as a result of the Maui wildfires and just all of those tragedies, some of the personal stories that are emerging from Hawaii are some of the most touching. I, I wonder if you if you've found these kind of these points of intersection between a personal and a social history historically, you know, from from newspapers, from the 900 million pages of digitized newspapers. Is it possible to learn how some of these larger news events, you know, like, say, the year without a summer, how they've impacted individuals and families? Well, that is such a great question. And, and I, you know, as I looked at these newspapers throughout that summer, they all talked about um, the old timers had never seen anything like it. There was frost every month. There was snow um, in Virginia. There was, um, you know, just incredible weather. And as I started thinking, how does that impact me? How did it impact my ancestors? And I started to do a little research. And, you know, when, when we research our ancestors, we often see patterns of migration. You know, why did my ancestors leave Pennsylvania and move? Or my ancestors lived in New York and then they moved to Ohio. What, what brought them there? Well, newspapers can be an incredible resource for connection and understanding as we start to draw parallels between these major news stories like Mount Tambora and our own family history. So let me share a little example. So I have a, a number of ancestors that served in the War of 1812. And after their service, they were entitled to receive bounty land from the government. But, so my family history shows that some of my ancestors applied for and received bounty land. And sometimes that was in different states. So I had just always assumed without really knowing the story that they moved wherever land was available. So if they moved from Pennsylvania to Indiana, it must have been because there was land available. Well, as I was researching the year without a summer, I came across an article in August 1816 in a Vermont newspaper. And this notice was inviting veterans who were applying for bounty land to think about applying for land in the West. The article stated that the terrible weather that summer might be, be alleviated if veterans considered going further west where the climate was what they said mild and more luxuriant. So I started thinking, well, is this, is this why my ancestors moved? Did they, did they move because of the year without a summer? So I started tracking records for one of my ancestors named David Norton, and he was a veteran of the War of 1812. And following the war, David applied for and received a land grant in Indiana. And as I looked at the dates, I saw that they corresponded perfectly with the difficult climate following the eruption of Mount Tambora. So is this what brought the Nortons to Indiana? Well, I learned from newspapers.com that there were 42,000 people that moved to Indiana in the year 1816. The year without a summer contributed to a great migration 
as New England farmers migrated to the Middle West. Just fascinating stuff. We are, of course, with Jenny Ashcraft. Jenny Ashcraft has been a guest on the program previously. It's always so fun to talk with you, Jenny Ashcraft. You are an executive with newspapers.com, which is owned by Ancestry. You work in um, the content and copywriting areas, and you always have these great headlines that just help us understand you know, insights, details, and, and connections with family, with genealogy. It's, it's very special to, to talk with you. I wonder what else you learned as a result of your research, because I can only imagine you came across some just some amazing things when it comes to the year without a summer and the eruption on Mount Tambora. Any other things, any other connections in particular, any other details or insights, uh, connections with family that you learned as a result of your research on the year without a summer and uh, can share with us? Well, I, I learned some amazing things. Um, I live in the Mountain West, Paul, and sometimes when there are wildfires burning somewhere in the West, the smoke particles in the air create just brilliant sunsets. And the eruption of Mount Tambora created a similar effect. The diffused light and the brilliant sunsets really inspired artists. And uh, there's an artist named uh, William Turner. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with yeah, him. Definitely. but he 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 painted prolifically during this period and and he captured this diffused light and these colors in a time before we had cameras and his his paintings are are very desired in the art world and i think one of his highest uh paintings sold for 47 million dollars at auction so just to think that what was happening with this mount tambora impacted his art i, I found fascinating And another interesting connection that I found is a famous piece of literature. Um, Writer Mary Shelley and her companion uh, decided to holiday in Switzerland in 1816. But after arriving, they just found the weather dreary and all of their plans for outdoor activities were interrupted. So Mary decided to hole up inside and write a ghost story instead. And the result was her creepy classic, Frankenstein. (laughs) It's creepy classic. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Jenny Ashcraft, uh, let's shift gears for just a moment. Uh, You're, of course, a historian, a writer, a genealogist, and you always come prepared with just some great tips for our audience, uh, many of whom are over age 60. And we, we are thinking, I am thinking, absolutely, our audience is thinking and appreciating genealogy. And I wonder if you'd share uh, some tips with our audience on on how to navigate newspapers.com to really unearth some of these amazing personal histories that exist and tie back to some of these special events through history. Well, this is my favorite thing to do, really. And newspapers.com makes it so easy. You can go to the homepage and you can search through that entire nearly 900 million pages in just a second or two. So just head over to the homepage and and just start exploring. Um, Enter your name, enter the name of your parents, enter the name of a news event that you remember, and you can filter the results by state, by county, by city. Um, You can really personalize this to a hometown paper. Uh, I I was recently showing a friend about newspapers.com because I really am, I, I, I work there, but I'm the biggest fan. I love this product so <laughs> yeah, much. Yeah. And 
we entered her name. She grew up in California. And I said, let's just play with it. So we entered her name and we found a little newspaper article for when she was eight years old. And it talked about her and some other children that had formed uh, a group and had held a little benefit to, uh, for some hurricane relief. Hmm. And I showed her this article and she just quickly dismissed it and said, oh, that's, that's not me. I, I, that, I don't remember that. And I said, well, let's look a little closer here. And as we zoomed in on the accompanying photograph, it was very clearly her. She looks exactly the same. And she was astonished. And she, she said, I don't even remember this. And we giggled and laughed, but it sparked her interest. And so, of course, we dove in again. And we found other articles about her and articles about her family. And you can really just explore any topic that interests you. And, and once you find something, there is this very easy to use electronic clipping tool. And you can clip that article electronically and then you can save it. You can download it, print it, share it with your friends or family, share it on social media. You can save that to your ancestry tree. And when you work on family history, the, the most important things are those vital records, right? Like birth records and death records and census records. But newspapers are the story. They provide the context and the story of what was happening with your ancestors and why. Yeah, I just, as I say, I'm a I'm a fan too. I uh, I love I love genealogy work. It's it's very special. I, I always get rewarded. You know, I always feel this sense of accomplishment, and um, and I just learn more closely, uh, you know, the relationship I have to my own, my own family, which, which is, I, I just think so important in this day and age. There's a lot of research, a lot of history enthusiasts out there like, like us, Jenny Ashcraft. And so I wonder what is it that newspapers.com is doing to kind of meet these evolving needs? Digitization is changing everything and newspapers.com is at the fore of a lot of that work so maybe share with us a little bit of how newspapers.com is is making some of these steps and strides towards the evolving needs of of researchers family enthusiasts all of us who are just interested in genealogy work well paul we hear a lot about ai these days right mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a buzzword yep and a AI is allowing us to do amazing things with newspapers. So using AI, we trained computers to scan through millions of pages of newspapers that have already been digitized, that we've already digitized using OCR technology, which is optical recognition technology. So we train these computers to look for keywords that are commonly associated with things like obituaries and wedding announcements. And we then had these computers draw a little text box around these articles and index the name of everybody mentioned in them. So you think about the names that might appear in a wedding announcement or an obituary, then that that could be spouses, parents, children, deceased family members, friends, you know, so many people are mentioned in these types of articles. And we turned them into the obituary and the marriage index. And these became hints on ancestry, and they led to countless genealogical breakthroughs. I'm, I'm the recipient of several myself where I hadn't found an article, and AI did find it. But 
we saw the incredible success of this marriage and obituary index. And our data science team decided that they wanted to take it a step further. And they have been working very hard on our next project. And I'm so excited about it. I am happy to tell you about the stories and events index available mm. on Ancestry. Mm. Wow. So, well, we all know that newspapers contain much more than obituaries and wedding announcements, right? We've <laughs> talked about that today <laughs> in, in the year without a summer. Yeah. But, but making this a little more personal, um, for example, my dad was a high school athlete, and I can go search his hometown paper and find articles about him playing basketball and scoring a hoop or, or scoring a touchdown in a football game. And, you know, Paul, my dad is no longer here. And when I find these articles, it's tender to me. It helps mm-hmm. connect me to him and his life. Yeah. And that is what newspapers do. They help us get a sense of our ancestor story, their, their personalities, their triumphs and their tragedies. And, and using this same AI technology, we've gone through these archives and we've extracted these everyday stories and we've indexed the names of the people mentioned in these stories. And we're doing this a state at a time, state by state. And so far, we've indexed everyday stories, I think, from about 30 states. And we're working on more states and territories, and they'll be added in the future. And this Stories and Events Index is already generating hints on Ancestry now, and will continue to get larger and larger as we expand this collection. Wow, this this sounds like... Um amazing stuff and and I, we're going to want to follow with you the stories and events section at ancestry and at newspapers.com because I think that that's just going to lead to some amazing work this is all very meaningful it, this is important stuff especially as we age you know I'm 66 and I certainly have a perspective on on my past and and I see how that's shaping my present you know, in meaningful ways. And I know I'm preparing for my future. I, I know I still have many years. So many in our audience are feeling the same way. And I know you feel this too, you know, as someone so deeply engaged with historic newspapers, what do you see is the lasting impact of some of these documents in newspapers.com, the stories and events, all of this stuff that you're working on to help us understand our past, to shape our present and to prepare for our future? Well, I'm always fascinated to see that newspapers show us that history can and often does repeat itself. And the, the, the details may differ from one generation to the next, but we see the same struggles, the same debates, and the same issues from generation to generation. And newspapers.com helps us shine a light on these struggles, and we can learn from our past mistakes, and we can try to set a new course for the future. I, I love the personal connection that comes from uncovering stories of my ancestors on newspapers.com. And I'm just so humbled always by their, their challenges. And I'm reminded that I stand on the, sho- on the shoulders of their sacrifice and their determination and their pure grit. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, it's so fun to read about those famous people and those famous headline news stories. But something I have learned to love 
is uncovering the forgotten stories of everyday heroes. These are what inspire me. These are just ordinary men and women who quietly make a difference in their families and their communities and in the world. And you see these articles come out in the newspaper that gives us just a little glimpse into these everyday heroes. And that is what inspires me. So well said, Jenny Ashcraft. Again, it is always such a pleasure to talk with you. Please come back. And I know our audience is going to be curious about all of this. So we will have links so that our audience can find out more about Jenny, her work at Ancestry and newspapers.com, this wonderful new section of stories and events. And of course, we'll put links so that our audience can find out more about the year without a summer, Mount Tambora, um, Sumbawa. Do I have that right? Sumbawa, the present day Indonesia? That, is that right? Yes. It, Close? It, yes, that is correct. The island of Sumbawa was in the Dutch East Indies and is now part of Indonesia. Fascinating stuff. So great to speak with you, Jenny Ashcraft. Thank you for your time. Please come back and um, have a great rest of your day. And uh, oh my gosh, you're just doing so much great work. Congratulations on everything. Thank you so much, Paul. It, it is such a pleasure to be here. I really enjoy it. Oh, well, thank you. I want to express my gratitude to Jenny Ashcraft for sharing her time, expertise, and thoughtful insights with us today. You can find additional links, resources, information on our website for newspapers.com, as well as all of the wonderful work that Jenny Ashcraft does in terms of writing, her genealogy specialty, all of the information can come from newspapers.com too. Please check it out. And don't forget to visit the Not Old Better Show website for details on these special programs offered by newspapers.com. A big thanks to the Smithsonian team for their continued support of our show. And of course, to our fantastic Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast, please be well, be safe. And remember, we're here to talk about making life better. That is the Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Not Old Better Show. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notoldbetter.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Let's talk better. The Not Old Better Show 